Okay. I'm just like going through the whole thing. Yeah, I think I think we got it. Okay, five minutes. Five minutes what? The whole thing. What? We're going to get through the whole thing in five minutes. Hmm? Uh, how? <laughs> I guess we'll figure that out. <laughs> I'm Christiane. I'm Greg. Uh, we've had a two-person book club for years. Many, many years. And we've read a lot of books, and sometimes we talked about them. Mostly we gossiped. Mostly, yeah. Uh, in honor of David Bowie and his fascinating 100 most influential book list, we decided to get our act together. And so we are reading through Bowie's list in no sensible order. Nonsensical order, yes. And we are making wild speculations about what the books meant to David Bowie. Each more wild than the last. (laughs) Rumor mongering even. Each less plausible than the one before. (laughs) So what what book are we reading? So this uh, month we read The Sailor Who Fell from Grace with the Sea by Yukio Mishima. Right. So uh, may- maybe you can give a, an introduction to the, the plot of the book? Yeah, it was, it was great. I, I went and um, picked up the book from uh, Third Place Books up, up in uh, Lake Forest Park. And when I was checking out, the person who was checking me out said, uh, oh, did you read my shelf talker? Nice. Like, he, this was the person who like, recommended this book, and it was one of his favorite books. And on the shelves. Cool. So it was great. It was great to have the connection. And I told him we were doing the podcast and that I may not have read the book had it not been for our podcast. So it was great that I got to encounter it. Cool. Um, so the book roughly, in super quick terms, or five-minute terms, yep. um, there's a boy, Nuburu. He's 13 years old. He's kind of sociopath. He's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe creepy is putting it gently. I think I texted you uh, at a certain moment in the book, which readers of the book might know the moment, when I said, oh, no, it's Clockwork Orange again. <laughs> and, and, and I encountered that part of the book like the next night. I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting it away. Psycho I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> so Naburu is this 13-year-old kid. And he lives with his mother, Fusako. Fusako. Yep. Yeah, who's a, who's a widow. She's a widow, and they're pretty well off. Yeah, yeah. They they seem to be doing pretty well. She has a import business, um, dealing mostly in Western goods. Yeah, yeah. And Naburu talks about remembering having, um, like American soldiers, in, yeah. uh, like barracked in his house. Mm-hmm. I think immediately post war. Which kind of sets the, the time for the book. Yeah. Is, is right after the war. Kind of the tense post-war period in Japan. Yeah. yeah. And um, so his mother takes up with a sailor, Ryuji, which is, which is great for Nuburu at the beginning because Nuburu is fascinated with the sea. He like knows everything about shipping. Yeah. 
So, so he, I, I he loves it. I would hate to be cornered by him at a party for many reasons. And one of them is he would talk to me about nautical knots or whatever. And because he's kind of a sociopath. Yeah, and he's kind of, cause he's kind of a sociopath. Um, so, so there's a moment where Nobu uh, spies on his mother and this young sailor and it's so creepy it's pretty creepy yeah and and he sees the sailor at the window and his mother across the room and then a foghorn blows and the sailor turns to look and Naburu has this kind of instantaneous re- revelatory moment yeah, where he yeah. sees the world in perfection where it's this perfect combination of elements. And and he he talks about the elements as being glory, the woman, and death. And this is a 13-year-old talking about this, which yeah. is which is a, a little tough to to swallow, I guess, to to some extent. Um but that that symbolism or that that sort of trinity gets carried out throughout the book like it's something that keeps reoccurring yeah so the the glory is personified by the sailor ryuji and then the woman is this comfort or settling that the sailor chooses over his glory which then cycles him over to death which is necessary because of his choice and that death is personified by the child who's always waiting in like in the closet waiting to jump out on and strike at you <laughs> and he he supposedly gets to represent this because he and his group of friends who are sociopaths yeah, all represent this um this purest notion of self and and the elimination of, of self of emotion and, and elimination of emotion is is to be aspired yeah to yeah so they're they're kind of like, if you you can recall back to our our first episode talking about the Clockwork Orange, they're they're similar in their um, disdain for society and for human emotions, like Alex and his friends, his droogs. Um But the way that they go about it is much more clinical and calculated and really cold. Yeah, and it, it's really disturbing. And there's some point where. Of course, looking at the life of Mishima, who um, well, we, we figured out, I mean, he was born in 1925, so he was about 20 when the war ended. Yep. So it must have been a pretty influential part of his life. It must have been life. devastating in some ways, yeah. And he, um, as is known by a lot of people, he, he died pretty young at age 45, um, and pretty dramatically. Yeah, about, about <laughs> as dramatically as you can get. Uh, he he died in 1970 after he attempted a coup in Japan, which failed, and so he performed uh, harikiri, which is is I yeah you you can look it up if you don't know what it is if you do know what it is you, you understand how dramatic it is to to de gut yeah pretty much pretty which much. is done in this book. Um, so, so we can certainly speculate, we can speculate, we could, we could do a really thorough reading of this book as kind of a nationalistic text of Japan versus the West. Yeah. But there, I think we kind of favored, 
um, especially in the case of of looking at David Bowie and his his uh, how this affects him and what might have been influential yeah, to him. Looking at it through that through that lens, yeah. So more of the the hero the hero worship and hero the the fall of the hero and and what that means and how people respond to it. And and yeah, and I think that was a recurring theme in in, in Bowie's life. His um, we both read that biography recently, and and I think there's like this this Tr- constant Paul, struggle. For Paul Trenka. Yeah, Trenka. I'll post it again in the show, in the show notes. Um, but but it's something that kept coming up, like the idea of fame and and how it affected him. Um, and we can kind of see that resonance here with with the sailor, sort of because he's sort of fallen from grace he's decided that he doesn't want to pursue this sort of mysterious ideal any longer um it's lost it's lost its glory i mean he he made a a comment i could have been a man sailing away forever and in the mind of naburu the the kid he should have been he should right. have been this glorious image of someone departing forever and, and being heroic and doing a, a, a great task. This idealistic thing. Mm-hmm. And instead, because the sailor decides to settle down with his mother and become what the kids call the most hated thing in the world, a father, <laughs> then it changes how Naburo sees him. And it really changes how Naburo acts And requires his elimination. Yes. Spoiler alert! Jeez, <laughs> we'll we'll cut that there, out. There's actually a really really great that that shelf talker at Third Place Books even says that you know when you begin reading this book what's going to happen. Well, apparently you know before you read the book if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> we'll cut the whole thing. But out. But it's still really shocking. It's still really shocking. It's still totally <laughs> worth reading. But but there's this idea of. You know that gets reflected in 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 Ziggy Stardust and that whole record about how like when the kids had killed the man we had to break up the band. Mm-hmm. You know with the idea of like you're captive to your celebrity, um, and in this case the sailor starts off as a celebrity as this sort of mysterious unknown, but as he becomes more known, as he becomes more human and more and more basically takes better care of himself. There, there's an element of the world that rises up against him. And I could see, you know, a celebrity like David Bowie. He's not so dark and mysterious anymore. Yeah, totally. He's just some dude going to get the paper. <laughs> and I, I can post a picture of Bowie ga- going to get the paper and, and someone taking his picture and his reaction to that. <laughs> yeah, and which was... It, it was interesting to think about... Um, I mean, our wild speculation sides of things, I'm always trying to poke around to find out, like, when did Bowie read this and what, yeah. how did it influence him? And we found that picture that we put up on Tumblr about the painting that he did of Mishima yeah, that she hung on yeah. his wall in his apartment in Berlin. Um, Which was around, uh, around what time? 70, in the late 70s? Yeah, mid, mid to late 70s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in the 1978 tour that he did which was um for the low and heroes album which were both released in around that time um he wore like this sailor suit for a lot of the tour and he had these like 
this like jaunty sailor persona, which was kind of a funny. (laughs) I don't know if it's directly connected, but you know, I'm grasping for straws here. And and if there's nothing that we do not do on this podcast, it is grasping for straws. I am totally willing to go along with that idea. But but yeah, a lot of that album had a lot of uh, interesting Eastern Which, influences and uh, sounds. Heroes, right? Yeah, heroes. In, in seventy eight, I think, or seventy nine, when that came out. Yeah, and that I think there was a song Moss Moss Garden, which is beautiful. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a great song. It's not. I don't think it's a song we picked for for this. Yeah, but but, it, but it's a song worthy. Of, I'll put it in the show notes. It's, yeah, it's a great song. It has a the very like meditative, um, very Eastern influenced yeah. quality to it. Yeah. Um, and I remember reading in that biography that Bowie studied meditation and he really, there was some point when he was disgusted with, with, uh, music and the career and his failures or, or the loss of glory. And he said he wanted to go give it all up and become a monk. Yeah. And go to like the the Tibetan monastery in Mm -hmm. Edinburgh or whatever. And there was still, yeah, there's still part of his life, I think Mm -hmm. that that whole sort of looking east in terms of meditation and, and studying Buddhism and Taoism and stuff. Um, but I guess the other interesting sailor connection for Bowie was um, this random, I don't know why I didn't know about this before, but apparently David Bowie had started this place called bowie net like like at the beginning of the internet he decided like i'm gonna get in on this whole like webs thing and he just started his own like aol type network yeah basically it was like where you could have gotten your internet through bowie.net yeah through bowie net so you have like an isp you have an email there was like a chat forum and you would get exclusive content like audio and video and photos of bowie and it probably takes several days to download anything (laughs) But you buy a subscription and you're on BowieNet. Uh, actually, we are now members. <laughs> we might- no, sadly, though it started in 1998, it would officially close in 2012. I I just told a lie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I take that back. But on this basically like fan site, social media thing, Bowie showed up. He, he was just kind of like... On his bathrobe, typing on his <laughs> his forty pound laptop. Nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, his ninety eight laptop <laughs> running Windows ninety seven. <laughs> and he would like post these super snarky like responses to bitter fans. And maybe if you stick around at the end of the episode, you might you might get to hear one. You might or hear the sampling of <laughs> yeah. Bitter Bowie. <laughs> But he, uh, his moniker was Sailor. There you go. I think I think we've tied we've tied the knot. We've completed the circle. He obviously read the book before Heroes. Well, we know he read the book. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got that much. We're not really speculating too much beyond that. Um, but I, I guess our speculation is that it probably influenced him a lot about. Um, Maybe his bitterness about like what is glory, what is fame, yeah. what is he supposed to accomplish for these thirteen-year-old sociopaths? <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I think any rock star considers eventually ends up considering their fans to be. 
Right. And and it come it comes out really early, you know, as early as Ziggy Stardust in his first, you know, in his first brushes with real fame. And actually, we, I think we talked about this too. Um, recently, was rewatching um, Velvet Goldmine, mm. the the sort of faux Bowie biography, unofficial biography, unofficial biography. Like I'd, I'd really like to see that again. Um, Super sexy. Yeah, it <laughs> sure is. Um, but yeah, what is you know that has a lot to do with like the whole celebrity yep. and how that affects people. Well, he was so into persona. Yeah, I was really into doing that. But when it becomes really personal to the fans who accuse you of doing something wrong when you drop a persona, that can, like, that could be tough. Right, right. And, and, and in this case, I think Mishima is, is, is maybe looking at it in a different context or at a different scale um, in, the, in the, the political or national sense that that I don't think we we can really get into. I think there's another level there. Yeah. But you can really read it on that personal, like how do I deal with the the the, the conception that other people have of me um, that I, 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 I kind of have to deal with. Um, so yeah, very uh, disturbing book, especially <laughs> if, you, if you have any sort of interactions with 13-year-olds. You do not let them near you. Or or kittens. Do not let them... Wait, no. Kittens, keep them very close to you because otherwise 13-year-olds may get a hold of them. Yeah. That was was a tough chapter. Um, So once we bring kittens into it, I I think think we we, kind of have to wrap up. So what what are we reading next? What's next on the list? Well, so first, the song that we so every time uh, we talk about a book we like to pick a David Bowie song that we feel sorry I was jumping ahead there kind of kind of connects closely to the book and initially we had thought it was going to be from Ziggy Stardust the The, Ziggy Stardust um, the the song yeah you know yeah but then um, then when I started looking into like his tour stuff and and looking more into the Heroes album we kind of connected it more to that album. Yeah, yeah. And it's a fantastic record anyway. And, and I mean, there's, I looked a lot at like Beauty and the Beast, which has this kind of, um, it would almost be from Nabooru's perspective of, of looking at that trinity of, you know, the woman and the glory and death yeah. in a way. But I think song we ended up picking was a uh, blackout yeah mm-hmm. which which i think kind of cut more closely to the lyrically to you know what we were talking about in terms of um in terms of like the falling away from glory there was some weird line in blackout i remember hearing like really distinctly because i was i guess hypersensitive to it but he says um someone back in town the chips are down i just cut and blackout. I'm under Japanese influence, and my honor is at stake. So the whole idea of like you have something to uphold. Yeah. And he was always struggling with that, mm-hmm. and got really bitchy about it on the early internet. Apparently, <laughs> on the Bowie net. <laughs> on the Bowie net. <laughs> um. So yeah, our next book uh, is kind of a another unique one. Yeah. Um, Kind of connecting to the last last month uh, blast with Wyndham Lewis, which was about vorticism and the movement. 
The next book that was randomly picked by our bibliomancy or baromancy, pubomancy. Um, <laughs> pubomancy is the best way of saying where we, drunkenly picking something. Yeah, where we let numbers in a bar choose the books for us. Yeah. Um, the, the next book that came up in, in that roulette was uh, the catalog of David Bomberg, um, artist who was part of the Vorticist movement. And uh, so it's a catalog that came along with one of his exhibits, yeah, I guess, or like a retrospective. I think at the Tate, I think it was at the Tate. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so uh, Christian spent her hard earned money to buy this. I bought it from a a bookseller in Britain who shipped it to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was quite hard to find, but uh, it's a little it's a little catalog, and and that's gonna be our next uh, next book, providing it doesn't crumble. In Christian's hands before then, <laughs> this an- antique tome. It's not that old. Come on, let me play it up a okay, little okay, bit. Okay. <laughs> she had to. She had to go like into a pyramid, into a ziggurat, <laughs> yeah. and, and fetch it out after many adventures. I, I wore my my uh, your excavator p- hat. Yeah, and... your pith helmet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I've been Greg. I have been Christian. And you can find us on uh, BowieBookClub.com, BowieBookClub.tumblr.com, Facebook.com slash BowieBookClub, and wherever books are sold, wherever books are sold, we will be there. (laughs) That's a lot of work. Yeah, we got some agents working for it, so it'll it'll be fine. Our people. Yeah, our people are right on it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, uh, thank you. Bye. Okay, read some snarky shit. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Which one? The the kangaroo yeah, biter one? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Let me find. Um, so the context is uh, someone in Australia is griping about how Bowie hasn't put out any work in a while. And why can't you just put out all those like loose tracks that you got floating around all those sessions yeah and so uh sailor writes back in response dear whining kangaroo eater (laughs) just he's just leading (laughs) he's just leading strong so do you ask every rock legend to sort through 35 hours of material or just the ones who recently had heart surgery? <laughs> Have you no shame? I came to your fucking crap hole of a country to perform, but that's not enough? No, sir. Let's ask the old man to walk a fucking water and bend over backwards because <laughs> we're the fans. Whatever, girlfriend. I can totally see him like grumpily in his robe 2 a.m. Slapping the keyboard. Yeah. Whatever, girlfriend. I guess if you really want to hear a full hour of Brian flipping through index cards, I should let you. Oh, and there's a great moment where he writes on a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs>
That is just exhilarating. <laughs> if I didn't make so much money off your completists, I don't get what that means. Oh, people have to have everything. Oh, yeah. I'd think you were pathetic. Oh. Thanks, Dave. That's all. <laughs> <laughs>